Another police murder by another person who the system failed. A police officer faces misconduct charges after a woman who complained to him was murdered days later. Minister Harjit Sajjan was briefed to juice a deal for armored vehicles in Qatar. And fears grow about totalitarianism as Bangladesh arrests a journalist. Good morning. It's Thursday, March 30th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. First, we start in Louisville, Quebec. There was another police officer killed this past week, though you might not have heard about it. Sometimes news doesn't cross the language barrier. But like police murders a few weeks ago in Edmonton, the murderer in this case is also dead, shot by police. He was also mentally ill with a long history of uncontrolled mental illness and falling through the cracks. In a report from the Globe and Mail's Tanha, the life of Isaac Briard Lassard is accounted for step by step as he was in trouble with the law or in crisis. Police were first involved with Lassard in 2012. That year, he was found not criminally responsible for threatening his relatives. A decade later, a psychiatric assessment found that he was, quote, an important threat for public safety, unquote. That was in February 2022. What passed between 2012 and 2022 was a long list of failures and difficulties and him running into trouble. He would be found not criminally responsible several more times for uttering threats and other violent actions. While he was prescribed to take injections over the years to control his mental illness, his life still deteriorated. He hated the injections and he was bouncing between rooming houses. By 2017, he was in a hospital in Shawinigan. Quote, he got in a fight with two employees, grabbing a female orderly by the throat and hitting her on the head, unquote, the article says. One wonders how she's doing today. He assaulted another healthcare worker twice in two separate incidences in 2018, and he was again found not criminally responsible and sent to an institution this time in Montreal for forensic psychiatry. Things started to turn around for him after that. He was released to live on his own by 2020 and worked for his mother. But by 2021, things again got worse. He cut ties with his family, got in a fight with a janitor of the building he lived in and pled guilty to assault. Then, in this time it was 2022, he stopped taking his medication and his parents paid for him to live in a motel. He fought with the residents of his Louisville rooming home, and eventually a complaint was made that he was threatening people, leading to the fateful encounter between him and police. Now, what's interesting about this case is that it was the mayor of Louisville, Yvon Day, who told journalists the identity of this shooter. Doesn't seem like police did. This allowed journalists to go through court records and see his history. And what emerges is not just a portrait of someone who needed a ton of support and nothing available seemed to be working for him, but also that the stakes for why we need to get this stuff right are so high. Unlike the story in Edmonton, where a lack of information allowed the narrative to be juiced from the early hours, focusing on gangs and guns and crime, this story is one of abject failure, of someone who caused a lot of harm and who ended up being murdered by the system that couldn't adequately help him. And of course, there's another victim in the wake of his life. I don't believe in wake-up calls. I think that things are the way they are because wake-up calls don't actually matter. 
But this story is a good reminder that violence never comes from nowhere, that more information rather than less is important, especially for us to understand the full picture of what has happened in a situation. And, of course, in looking at system failures, how we can advocate for things to be improved so that these sorts of things don't happen again. Now to another story of a system failing, this time in Toronto. The Toronto Star's Wendy Gillis has a stunning story of a failure that kept a woman in a dangerous situation that ultimately killed her, and it centers around a Toronto police officer. Constable Anson Alfonso allegedly failed to investigate Daniela Melia's repeated pleas for help, dismissing her fear that her ex, Dylan Dalman, was going to harm her. Alfonso said it was a simple, quote, he said, she said. Just days later, Malia was found by police having been shot in an underground garage near Jane and Wilson Streets, Gillis reports. Alfonso is currently suspended with pay. He's been a cop for four years and he didn't enter a plea for the four charges of misconduct that he is before a tribunal for. The other officer who responded to Malia's complaint, Sang Yub Lee, has also been charged with misconduct. Gillis notes that it is quote-unquote highly unusual that the Toronto police issued a statement about the case. Information about Lee is not yet public. Alfonso only talked to Dalman for three minutes. It's alleged that he had enough information to lay charges against him, but he didn't. The charges allege that he failed in 12 different ways to deal with the situation appropriately. Dalman is now charged with first-degree murder. Now, it's important to note also that the charges are not criminal. The police claim that there isn't enough evidence to net a criminal conviction. And that might be true. There's a very high bar necessary for a police officer to be successfully charged with criminal misconduct. It certainly demonstrates, though, the value we place on police over everyone else in the society as a similar situation, a similar failure in any other workplace would probably warrant criminal charges. Daniela Melia was a young black woman. She was described as, quote, amazing, genuine and kind, unquote, a beloved employee of Pet Value. And on one Instagram post, it said, we know she made a great impact on so many people. Next to national news. And I have another World Cup adjacent story for you this week. The Maple's Alex Kosh is reporting that International Development Minister Harjit Sajjan was briefed to lobby for a possible light armor vehicle deal with the Qatari military. The brief happened just before Sajjan was to meet with Abdurrahman Al-Tani, Minister of Foreign Affairs for Qatar. The meeting was supposed to happen at the World Cup. The briefing note that the Maple obtained through access to information, quote, appears to be the first direct acknowledgement from a government ministry that the potential deal between General Dynamics Land Systems Canada and Qatar is in the works. General Dynamics does supply armored vehicles to other countries like Saudi Arabia and can only do so with the approval of the Canadian government. This is not exactly what the official statement from Global Affairs Canada has said just before the World Cup. Their statement instead promised Canadians that talks between Canada and Qatar or between Altani and Sajan would focus on, quote, humanitarian assistance and international development. Here's how Kosh describes the briefing notes contents. Sajan intended to demonstrate Canada's eagerness to, quote, expand bilateral defense cooperation under the framework of Canada-Qatar defense cooperation arrangement, especially in ways that complement bilateral commercial interests. <laughs> I love how these government people talk. <laughs> the briefing notes said that Sajan was supposed to tell Altani that Canada was, quote unquote, pleased that General Dynamics land systems seemed prepared to supply light armored vehicles to the Qatari military. 
The day before he was supposed to meet with Altani, Sajan attended a meeting at the Canadian Embassy in Doha with the Canadian Business Council in Qatar. General Dynamics reps were expected to be present. Also, in the briefing notes, it's explained that Defense Minister Anita Anand had, quote, recently spoke of the possibility of Qatari personnel joining the Canadian Armed Forces developmental courses, as well as Canada providing, quote, collective or individual LAV specific training, unquote, in an October 2022 meeting with her Qatari counterpart. LAVs are light armored vehicles. Kosh tried to get this information verified by Global Affairs Canada, though they refused. He also talked to the Canadian Commercial Corporation, which is a crown corporation that helps Canadian arms dealers get contracts with other governments. They said that they were not, quote, party to any potential deal between Qatar and General Dynamics, unquote, which would be unusual if it were happening, said one unnamed arms monitoring expert in the article. It goes on from there. It's quite a long feature. I totally suggest that you check it out. And finally, to Bangladesh, where Shams Suzaman Shams was arrested for producing, quote, false news, unquote, in an article he wrote for the newspaper Protham Olo. The article, it was about the cost of living in Bangladesh. Shams talked to people about life to mark Bangladesh's Independence Day. And in response, one laborer told him, quote, what is the use of this freedom if we can't afford rice, unquote. Government officials have confirmed that they were investigating him for this story and that he's been charged with, quote, smearing the image of the government with false news, unquote, and for raising questions about the achievements of Bangladesh under the Digital Security Act. This is being reported by Agence France Presse. About 3,000 people have been charged under this act since it came in force in 2018. Due to the war in Ukraine and a falling currency, food prices have soared in the country. There are growing fears of repression in Bangladesh, especially towards journalists. The Guardian UK reports that at least 10 journalists were beaten up by police while covering an election of Supreme Court lawyers in Dhaka. Those are your headlines for today. It is Thursday, March 30th. I'm Nora, and I hope you have a great day.